and welcome to episode 16 of Big Boss Battles, Big Boss Babble. With me as always is Dan. Hello. And Toby. Hello. Hello. So, lots of cool stuff happened this week, including of course the Game Awards. Now we're not going to talk about the awards, because that's just a big uh, willy-waggling competition. <laughs> but there was a lot of good announcements that came out of it, so Dan, I'll pass it over to you, sir. Uh, I don't really want to talk about the announcements much. Well, I do, because some of them are absolutely <laughs> outstanding. But, uh, yeah, there's always announcements at the Game Awards, which is a bit odd, because, you know, it's awards. But it's been going four years now, and I think they have about a kind of like 70 or 80% success rate on games that are showcased there. One, releasing, and two, being absolutely massive. Which doesn't really, I guess, suit our site that well because we're all about discovery and finding the little new things. But it is always great to see to see some of the, I guess, what will be headliners appear. And obviously, we saw some more Death Stranding. But what really what really stood out to me out of all of the stuff that was showcased was uh, Valley of the Gods from Campo Santa. I really enjoyed Firewatch. I I really enjoy what people kind of like terribly label as walking simulators or narrative exploration games as I like to call them uh, and you know Valley of the Gods looked absolutely amazing it looked like what I wanted Virginia to be it looked like kind of two people going off on an adventure I don't know how hands on or hands off the thing's going to be but it looked a lot more I suppose because it had that extra character it looked a lot more character driven you know, rather than rather than leaving things to the imagination of a character, rather than just having a disembodied voice guiding you through things, you've you've actually got this other character that you're looking to for assistance, or they're guiding you in times of lead. Now, I'm I'm absolutely I'm absolutely atrocious at narrative exploration games. I always, in any first person game, actually, I always turn the wrong way when I go around a corner. So, like in a first person shooter. I'll jump around the corner and look to the right and it'll be a dead end and I'll get shot in the back. And and this happens like all the time in shooting games. I just look around the wrong corner for some reason. So I'm pretty bad in games that kind of like trigger actions when you walk up to a certain point and such. But I think by adding in this extra character and doing it with such a lovely setting and style and I don't know, I don't know how much we can assume from what we've seen, but I, I, I think it could be something special. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I must admit, it does look it does look interesting. I always I've always liked those weird games, but you know, we just wander. You, I what remember. Was the, what was the big one on PS3 or PS4? Journey. Yes. Journey was a very very good game. Journey was extremely well received, wasn't it? I remember you. I remember you telling me about uh, Dear Esther. I think we've touched on this previously. Yeah. On a Dear Esther. On a podcast we did once, and you were trying to explain it to me, and it, the explanation didn't really make any sense no. because I hadn't played that type of game before. But I remember when I actually played it uh, for review for the site, having met the creator of the game and kind of had to ask him a couple of questions about the game without playing it. Uh, I. I, I kind of your explanation came to mind and and your kind of telling of the stories and the and how it played out and it didn't make sense at the time but but experiencing it it was really cool 
Yeah, I mean that's that's the word you use there. Just puts it into its thing. I, it's it's one of those things where people say, "Well, is it a game?" I'd actually argue that no, it's not. But it is an experience, and it's it's an experience worth having. We'll have this proper discussion at some other point once I've uh, prefed Toby a bunch of lines to agree with me. Uh, but (laughs) exactly but it is a it is an interactive experience because in the least you've got to you know hit those wsad keys so you've got to move around so i think to me that that's enough to to make it what we call a game although the term game is used for so much these days but uh but yes i i i'm really looking forward to in the valley of the of gods uh and it, that trailer was brilliant, you know. Indeed. See, the, the thing that got me quite excited about uh, at the Game Awards was the, the bayonet announcement. <laughs> because everyone loves a sexy librarian woman that wears her hair as clothes and has guns on her feet. Yeah, but you meet so many of them in real life and you just get sick of it, to be honest. So I don't think I could handle a game with True one. enough. Yeah. But no, I think it's a good, it's a good thing. Because obviously... Yeah. The, the original Bayonetta was a fantastic game and it sort of had shades of Devil May Cry and things like that about it. And then obviously number two, Sega wanted to do number two and people went, nah. and then Nintendo went, go on then, go on Sega. We're your best friends these days. Well, it was Platinum, wasn't it, in the end? It was, Platinum Games. Yeah. I think yeah. Sega were going to drop it, weren't they? But uh, I, 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 They published it, didn't they, though? I, I think they did the first one, and I think I think they still published the second one, but through association on the IP. I'm not sure. I'm a bit rusty on it, but yeah, maybe. Well, obviously, the second one then went to the Wii U as an exclusive. Yeah, and of course, yeah. four people had Wii U, so it didn't sell particularly well. That's a, that's a bit high. Well, that's what I think it, it actually did sell pretty well for uh, to be a, a Wii U title. And now more people are going to be able to experience it because obviously they're they're bringing out one and two. Two, I think they're bringing out two physically with the download for one, and then they announced number three to be Switch exclusive, which is top quality stuff. Yes, and they released a combo pack the first two, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. You well, got you buy. I think they're all coming the non- like that. The non-stop climax edition. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. You've got the big super special edition in the special box. <laughs> But I think even the normal one, like they did on the Wii U, you get the second game physically and you get a digital download for the first game, which is what they did on the Wii yeah. U. You got the second game with a download for the first. Uh-huh. Which is quite cool. I mean, I, I, I can't play those games, and Bayonetta doesn't really appeal to me. Uh, but it is nice to see a series continue against the odds, and it's nice mm. to see a platform holder have that much faith in an IP that they, you know, pump a little bit of money into it. And it's nice to see Platinum have more work as well. Yeah. Because I I, I do feel that they fill in a void uh, that kind of went away during the kind of PS2, PS3 era uh, of games that were simply labelled by people over here as a bit wacky in Japanese. On the action front, at least. Although that said, I really want a binary domain too. If if anybody's listening who can do that, that'd be great. <laughs> you can you can bring that up a bit later on, Dan, when we have another a conversation. Yes, that's true. That's true. We'll save it for yeah. then. 
So there was obviously other stuff shown at the the Game Awards as well, but we're not going to really touch on that. I mean, there was more of uh, oh, what's it called? The way uh, out. The way out. I think that's like that. one of them. Is that that two player prison? Yeah, yeah. Which is a really cool idea that it's it's pushing uh, cooperative play. Yeah, it's a cool idea, like but the that. fact you can't play it single player means people with friends can't with, without friends can't play. So. It'll be a game I'll be skipping. <laughs> I think you can play it online as well as locally, so it's, it's definitely more accessible than it seems. Uh, and it's a really interesting idea because it's yeah, it is a good, interesting idea. So heavily narrative driven, got multiple different options along the way. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anything take your eye at the Game Awards, Toby? Oh, not really. I'm not a big fan of the big new releases most of the time. It's good to you know, see trailers. Fair enough. That's completely fair. I mean, I, I, I think it was the first Game Awards uh, EA came out with the Command & Conquer Generals. Uh, the next mm. entry in that. Uh, I remember a big teaser. I got really excited about that, actually. And then... Actually, it was the Spike TV Awards. I assume these are separate now. But yeah, so uh, they announced that. And because that kind of fell through, I I tend not to pay too much attention to the Game Awards, uh, which is probably not right. But yeah. No, like you say, it's it's more for the, the bigger AAA stuff that generally we don't have much dealing with. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Maybe in time, and oh, it's, yeah. it's it's always nice to see what bigger studios are up to. I mean, this has become a pretty magical time of year, what with the PlayStation Experience stuff going on at the minute as well, yep. and other developers willing to use this time to showcase what they're up to. So, like, the Beyond Good and Evil uh, update, or Beyond Good and Evil 2 update came out yesterday that didn't really give us much more information, the little documentary, but it was still a good watch. Um, and it's good to see people using this time of year, which is typically completely stone cold dead for news, to to get some announcements out for stuff that's well, going to be happening. It's, it's, it's better than getting lost in the shuffle, isn't it? Yeah, they can kind of just go, "Oh, it's it's quiet. Hello, we're over here. We're doing this. Cheers. <laughs> see you next year." Agreed. It's a, it's, it's a good idea. But anyway, you yeah you you bring us on to our next topic, which is of course the the PlayStation Experience is going on at the moment. Yeah, um, and uh, a few things were revealed. I'm just going to bring up one thing here, though that uh, uh, that came up at the PS uh, PSX, and that's Sony are contrary to EA's beliefs are really doubling down on the single player experiences, and they even made a joke about basically about the whole games as a service thing, which I thought was kind of cool. Games as a service does work if it's done well. Uh, if you look at Rainbow Six Siege, for instance, it's doing exceptionally well. But at no point should anybody ever have really thought, no, you know what, story, not that important. Let's just scrap that. Because story can't be delivered in the same way in a in a live product, as it were, as it can in a in a single player or offline experience. I thought what you were going to say, actually, is I thought you were going to go, Dan's written down that Medieval's 
being HD remastered, but that doesn't matter because Patapon 2 is being remastered for PS4. I didn't know that. Now <laughs> I do. I'm rather excited. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it, you did. You did bring us on to the actual point of this conversation, which is yes, Medieval is uh, being remastered in 4K for the for the PlayStation 4 Pro owners out there. But it raises an interesting question: What games would you like to see remastered? So this is a tough one for me because obviously. Much like yourself, Terry, and I believe unlike unlike Toby, uh, I've been playing games for for long enough to see remastered stuff happen. Kind of, there've probably been two or three phases of remaking games for for next gen yeah. next gen systems. We've probably seen remasters of remasters as well. Oh, I mean, do you remember when they tried to bring Centipede back as a as a kind of isometric twin stick shooter? Yes. On the PS1. And it, it's stuff like... Oh, but some of them were great. That was really good. And the Frogger. I had the next Tetris, which was weird, but I also had Pong on PS1. Pong? And I actually played that a couple of weeks ago, right? And it basically, you, you had... It was basically just Pong, but they, they'd gone all out, and it was fully 3D, and you had weird levels that had multiple, you know, stages on them, and you had power-ups, and all kind of crazy stuff, but it was awesome. <laughs> and it was simply just called Pong in that classic old bubbly font. Yeah, and so it was more of a more of a relaunch. But that's what comes of heavy phases of remastering after after lots and lots of remastering. If they remaster Medieval, they'll remaster Medieval Two if Medieval One does well, and then they'll probably read. There was a PSP one, wasn't there, or was that just the first one remade? I think it was just a remake of one of the earlier ones. Yeah. So, so if one does well and two does well, we'll definitely see rather than a medieval three, we'll see medieval, and it will just be a relaunch of the series. Yeah. Which is very much yeah. what Pong and Centipede was. So, I don't know. I mean, what games would I like to see return? I, there's, there's a lot. <laughs> Bonanza Brothers. What's that? Sorry. Bonanza Brothers. No, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make that now. I hope they don't do it, because then I'll get in big trouble. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it instead, as they're not bothering. Although, let's be honest, if they made that with like 120 levels and like 20 characters to choose from, and, and four player split screen, yeah, four player split screen and updated visuals, then I would be there, and I, I would, yeah, just that'd be the game. I'd be pestering people to buy it, and and yeah. But uh... to be honest, with the with the way their characters look and things, and the way that game works, I can see that working from a third person three D perspective. What over the shoulder? Yeah. What with still with just two layers. Well, no, not not necessarily with two layers. I'm talking about almost going fully three D. I think it could work. That kind of. Perspective, especially four pass split screen and just bombing around the place, stealing things. But yeah, a 2D HD remaster would be quite tasty as well. Lots of levels. Put a level editor in as well, why not? Yeah, why not? I'd quite like to see uh, Blackthorn. Blackthorn. Uh, Was it called Blackthorn? Showing my age now here as everything falls apart.
Yeah, Blackthorn on the SNES, which was another game that had that background mechanic. It was the guy with the shotgun that could fire backwards over his shoulder, who was in a kind of strange post-apocalyptic world. Yeah, it, yeah, was, yeah, it was almost like fantasy, about. but yeah. Something like that being remade. Uh, that was kind of partially developed by Blizzard and Interplay and Midway and everyone at the time, <laughs> who all went on to be really big, big deals, you know, but... Uh, but yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, but goodness, I don't know. I, I mean, I think we're at a time now where talking about remasters feels very silly because it, it feels like there's so many new games and new ideas coming out that it, it's almost rude to, to look back and wish for wish for the old games to be remastered, if that makes sense. Uh, See, I don't know. I think it's because of the the bubble that we're situated in, which is more the smaller indie type bubble. Mm. We're seeing those new ideas, but yeah. the mainstream are not. That's true. Yeah, the mainstream are getting their yearly EA Sports titles, Assassin's Creed, and their Gods of Wars, and things like that, and that's pretty much all they're getting. It's us down here in the in the in the pits or whatever. They're getting all the good stuff. <laughs> In the mines of indie, yes, the indie mines. Chip, chip, chip. <laughs> There's another indie gem just there. Look at that. There you go, indie mines. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's terrible. Up the chimney, indie mines. <laughs> but yes, yes. I think remakes can they can kind of sit at that kind of level, and they can also bring people down to the indie because you because obviously like what they say. Um, Oh, what's it called? Sergio Manel. Yeah. The new one of them is coming out. You might find people that are, you know, generally seated in that AAA space at the top, but they remember that from when they were younger and they go, oh, that's coming out from this little weird developer down here. I'm going to go down here and play with these guys for a little while. Yeah. And it brings people. So I think it, it could almost be like a, a stepping stone to bring people down. Okay. Get, get those IPs away from the AAAs that are doing nothing with them and give them to the. Give them to the indies. Square Enix. Square Enix are doing a good job of that. If people come to them with a decent enough pitch on one of the old IPs they acquired via, like, IDOS or the merger with Enix, then they they humour it, basically. And that's why we saw... Uh, why we've seen a couple of uh, Fear Effect games and why we're probably going to see a Kane and Lynch. Not Kane... Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. See a Soul Calibur uh, game. Oh, Soul Calibur. Oh, sorry. So drunk, so embarrassing. <laughs> Feel free to cut that out. Uh, why we're likely to see a Legacy of Cain game over the next kind of six months' time is is because they've been so clear and transparent with that stuff. Like, we may see a new Pandemonium as well, because they've made it completely clear. What was that? That was the god-awful 2D... But looks like it's three D platformer. But it worked on a two D, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Something I remember it because I had it on Engage. Yeah, everyone was like, <laughs> "Oh, it looks amazing because it looks three D," but it was still just a two D platformer. It was pretty awful, and, and it wasn't that good a game. I mean, it, no. we're, we're talking it was like as good as Loaded and Reloaded. It was just people liked the aesthetic. Well, it was near enough a launch title, wasn't it? It was one of yeah. the first PS One games. That was Crystal Dynamics. I tell you what, though, because that's been rolled up, surely that means we can get a new Gex the Gecko? 
Ooh, that'd be good. Ah, that'd be good as well, wouldn't it? Ah, no. So this 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 podcast isn't really about indies. This is about old games. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what any of this is. You should play Gex. Gex was really high quality. It was good. Probably aged really poorly. Didn't we talk about that last week? I hope not. Not that I can recall. <laughs> I remember I talked with Son about Gex recently. Well, that's good. You should invite them on the podcast. But yeah, I mean, the gameplay's okay, but the the setting and thing wouldn't have aged very well because it's it is very much a product of the nineties. Yeah. Oh, Steve, wasn't it? Yes, I heard Steve. Yeah, he was meant to be with us this week. Where is he? Hey, hey. He is too lazy for this. <laughs> <laughs> Honest as well, though. That's good. I have invited him for the past two weeks. He's promised to come, and he's been too tired or lazy in the morning. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So, yes. of 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 the games that you've played over your gaming history, Toby, are there any that you feel have been kind of left? Left behind, almost that that could that are still valid, but have visually suffered, or that could do with a sequel. I don't know. I thought the uh, nice, you know, modern control scheme and graphical A We Two would be nice. Do empires where you can actually use something other than the arrow keys. Would be <laughs> quite nice. Haven't they already done HD versions of Age of Empires, though? They have. You're right. Yeah. They have. <laughs> well, there we go. Because we've played it competitively. Uh, we've played it against one another. Yes. I don't know. I haven't really been playing long enough that there are games that are difficult to play anymore. Like, you know, it's sub-HD, but it's still decent. Or yeah. far back that it had... Uh, Built in, we can run in HD when we have the ability to display things in HD, so. Don't really know any, really. <laughs> that's fair. I haven't played far back long damn, enough. Damn youngsters. Yeah, that's fair. With our modern games. <laughs> you don't remember what 2D was like. I always, I always find it both petrifying and lovely. That that Toby considers one of his earliest games uh, that he enjoyed, Civilization Four, and I, <laughs> I I think that's absolutely fantastic because I've loved that series for so long. Even if I feel like I've out- sometimes I always feel like sometimes I feel like I've outgrown it. My but, first game, but when a new one comes along, I always buy it anyway, and I play it a couple of times, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I like a, I like games that are a bit more complicated than this. I like games where you can't. So visibly see the buckets that you've got to fill up and tip out, but uh, but it, it it's yeah it's it's lovely that it's like he says Civ Four and I remember Civ One, and I know that there's a massive time gap between them releasing them, so yeah. it's horrific. But at the same time, it's 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 great that series that some series continue for so long that you have people who enter at later points. Where that mm. number, I mean, like, have you gone back and played Civilization or Civ 2 or Civ 3? No, I want to someday, but I've never got round to it. Gotcha. I've, I mean, I've heard stories of the earlier ones. Civ 1, Civ 1, or Civ as we used to call it, 
<laughs> was was really good. Uh, you had uh, you had stuff like diplomats who could just buy units off of the enemies. So if you had loads of gold, you could just buy their units when they were attacking you. So like if you had a really small empire, you and and barbarians would always use chariots and chariots were broken in that game they were really powerful you could destroy a tank with a good chariot uh just because they hadn't figured out how to balance things at the time but you could just buy the chariots off of the barbarians as they were attacking you and then send them back against them and it was just really kind of i guess exploitable but they were just the quirks of the game you just learned to deal with them and you also used to build a when people liked you, you used to get the chance to build a temple, uh, uh, your okay. your palace, and you could do it in Roman style or Arabic style or whatever the other one was, kind of medieval style. And so you could, if you were playing and doing really well, you'd be rewarded with this really completely meaningless castle that you were building up. And, oh, it was weird as well, because you didn't have workers back then. You just had to use settlers to... Yep. To, to to build roads, which is really weird, because okay. nowadays it's like I've mm. built a settler, they have stolen a settler. I am deleting my save and starting the game again because that settler took forever to to get. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, just uh, it's weird how much it's changed. And of course, started the uh, bug where Gandhi is a complete bumhole with nuclear weapons. Yes, I love that. A democratic Gandhi is. Yeah, it's yeah. become an ongo- ongoing joke. <laughs> In the later games. Yeah. And and, and uh, you've read the story behind that, I presume. Mm, they yeah. had they had an integer uh which Yes, and it rolled over. Yeah. And and because he was meant to be this passive character, they gave him a a rating of like one or zero. Yes. And because there one. were certain things you could do, which I think was building the wall. Or bu- was it democracy? It, it, democracy or building the Great Wall. Would make Dropped by two, didn't it? Yeah, exactly. Which was enough to make <laughs> him just it super back aggressive. Two hundred fifty-five. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the Civ is my first series. You know, I, I get the next ones. I'm excited for when it comes out. And but yeah, even though I came in much later, it's still my series. Yeah. See, if I, if I was going to go back to my first game that I really remember, it's other two. It's either Repton or Daily Thompson's Decathlon on the ZX Spectrum. Are my two earliest gaming memories. Spectrum. Specky. <laughs> yeah, Repton was a Boulder Dash or Boulder Dash clone. Gotcha. And then uh, obviously Daily Thompson's Decathlon was pretty much like track and field. I I always I always say that I like that I my first memory was adventure on the Atari. But the first game that I really, really, really kind of loved, I guess, was a game called VGA Miner, uh, which was just mining and finding minerals and not dying and then spending the money that you earn on upgrades, which allowed you to clamber down further. (laughs) The original Minecraft. Uh, Well, I I guess, yeah. (laughs) Apparently it released... Let's have a look. On DOS in 1989, apparently. So there's no way I played it in the launch year. But, but yeah, VG, minor VGA or VGA minor. And 
yeah, that's the first game I remember being like, I need to finish this. I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to get in and I'm going to do that. So. Hmm. What is this DOS you speak of? <laughs> it's what comes after Uno. Uno. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, see, I'm not sure if that was a serious question or not. No, no, it was. That's, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> You're young enough that it could have been. <laughs> I had a DOS emulator on my phone at one point. DOSBox Turbo, perhaps. What else are we saying like that? Yeah, I, 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 used, I had that on my phone a little while ago. I was playing Warcraft 2 on it my phone and it worked really well I was quite pleased with myself such an odd transition we should I, I suppose we'll probably be changing from this subject in a second but it was such an odd transition that you have these games that were launching on Windows but then were also launching on DOS whereas DOS was kind of deemed dead before that if that makes sense like I remember Day of the Tentacle uh, installing on Windows but booting with DOS options it was just yeah, odd. it was it was it was a weird time. But if you if you if you think though, back then, even even on the console side of things, there was there wasn't so much of a generation gap. It was all kind of very blurred into one another. But all you got to think about is is you obviously hold the Master System Sonic games in quite high regard. Uh, more than I do the Mega Drive. Yeah. Yeah. But what you've got to think of, though, is obviously the Master System was the previous system. Yeah. But Sonic actually came out on the Mega Drive first, before any of the Master System ones came out. Yeah, which is why the Master System ones were better. Yeah. But, so, but what, what I'm saying <laughs> is, I know you're trying to bait me into, <laughs> into an argument, which I'm not going to give you. But obviously there's not there wasn't that massive shift like, there's a new system, we need to now move to that system. The yeah. older ones always hung around a lot longer than they tend to do now. Yes. Now, when a new system comes out, the old one, that's not as done. Well, so Mike, Microsoft started that, didn't they, with the uh, with the Xbox original? Because the day that the Xbox 360 launched, they just killed the original off. They were like, and right. the factories are shut. Yeah. yeah and really before that, everybody had always had a bit of a bleed over. Even the PS2 uh, was still live for about eight, Years or seven years? It went a half halfway through the PS3's lifetime, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really late that that actually stopped. Because I mean, even the Ghostbusters game in two thousand seven, yeah, it was a PlayStation three game. A version came out on the PS two. Yeah, and I think what was it FIFA? I can't remember. If it was thirteen, thirteen or fourteen. FIFA thirteen or fourteen was the last game on the PS two. But it was yeah really late on. Shops had stopped stocking them by then, but but yeah, like I was working uh, probably would have been about twenty ten. I think we still had a new PlayStation Two section, and all of us in the stores uh-huh. we were like, that doesn't make any sense because you know the next gen's been on the market for four years. Nobody's actually engaging with this new stuff, but there was a market out there. They just weren't visiting the shops, so. But yeah, uh, yeah. Sonic Chaos is the best Sonic game ever made. But I do appreciate that Sonic Mania is good. Sonic Mania just feels like it was made for the Mega Drive players, and and it was it was good. But, uh, but Sonic Chaos is easily the best Sonic game. And there should be a remake of that actually to bring it back onto subject. 
What's that? Sonic Mania. Well, that's, this is what we had a conversation a few weeks ago, didn't they? Sonic Mania did very, very well. Yep. We, we agree with that. Yeah. So they've got now scope to move forward, and what's stopping them from bringing back and remaking some other levels from the Master System games as well? The good ones, yeah. Yeah. So uh, hope we can, we can only hope. Yes. Because obviously, obviously now we've seen that obviously Forces came out, got pretty panned. <laughs> yep. So now Sega should see that. You know, the 2D ones are the ones worth continuing with. <laughs> 3D ones can die off now. It's fair. Cold, but fair. Yes. They can still be. Anyway. They can still be enjoyable because the 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 thing is, from a from a critical aspect, it's quite easy to rip into the 3D Sonic games. But for new audiences who don't who didn't experience the earlier 2D ones, they they are you know half decent 3D platformers in an age where the 3D platformer is pretty close to all but dead. This we're not in an age now where Spyro and Crash and Croc and Tai Chi and I don't know. Like again, like we discussed a few weeks ago, there has been a little bit of a resurgence of late. Yes, obviously you got. Ma- Obviously, you've got Mario. Hat in Time. Mario's always going yeah. around. But we had Hat in Time, Ukulele. Yep. Um, even something like Snake Pass would count as a 3D platformer. Snake Pass would count. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, but before that, there there wasn't really that much. You know, I mean, we had things like MacBat 64 and Kiwi 64 and, you know, indie games that were in the image of those Nintendo 64 games. But... Yeah. Yeah, but I suppose it, it, it comes as it was because it was part of that era. That was the three D era. Yeah, it was kind of like everything had to be three D. So you know, you had a platformer, it was three D. You had this, it was three D. They had to you know punch every single genre into three D and see what happened. Well, and obviously, platformers it just was one of those things that stuck and worked. I guess the argument really would be if you compare those, if you compare Sonic Forces or Sonic Werewolf game or Sonic I'm a Knight with a Sword game <laughs> to the Mario 3D games, it's going to do poorly. But then you're comparing it to Mario. You're comparing it to Zelda. If you compare it to, once again, those other series that are no longer about, Crash or. I mean, look at what happened to Crash in the end and look at what happened to Spyro in the end. They They also. They also died out, whereas, you know, the well, It depends. Crash, Crash got his remaster. Oh, yeah, eventually. And, uh, but remember and Spyro he... spawned Skylanders. But remember that the two of them went through that weird, awkward uh, 3D phase where they were just being pumped out for a couple of years. Spyro, especially. Activision were like, we will use this license and had all sorts yeah. of stuff going on, so... I don't know. I I do still feel that there is a chance that any game could be a person's first game that makes them decide that they'll like games. Uh, And some of those Sonic games, although they didn't feel anything like Sonic games, were decent third-person platformers. Yeah, I think I I think that was my problem with a lot of them is that they they were they would be good games if they weren't Sonic games. And it's just someone using a brand, yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Right. So, but anyway, I think actually we've already gone over time, <laughs> so we don't actually have any more time to talk about anything else. We'll have to hold out for next week. There we go. 
So you've got a nice half hour of rambling about old games pretty much this week. (laughs) (laughs) And Toby couldn't couldn't really join in, so I apologise for that, Toby. It'll have to be a Toby Uh time next week. Toby time, Toby, Toby, Toby time. Yes, it will have to be Toby time next week. Right, so with that then, I will have to say, see you later. And we'll see you all next week. Bye for now. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.